The world has gone crazy about vegan junk food. Our question here is how far is the industry gonna take it and what is the end game here? Let's go into this topic. So the topic today is the future of junk food. I'm interested really why is there so much uh, vegan junk food at the moment and why is it so so much developing? Do you know what is the real reason behind this junk food craze? Well, we can start to do some hypothesis. I think first, um, if we look at junk food, uh, we can explain what we mean by junk food. And uh, it's not food that was uh, found uh, in the trash, or maybe, but... Uh, <laughs> so, so the junk food, most of the time, is when people try to make uh, food as fast as possible, okay. as cheap as possible, mm-hmm. and which then implies that most of the time it's super processed food. Right. So you refine all the ingredients you buy the cheapest version of each component regardless of where it's coming from and you have most of the time no way to trace where it's coming from Mm -hmm. and you put them together and then you realize that you are missing things and so in order to develop something which has some kind of texture fragrance and interest you need to add some additives Mm -hmm. But then all these in your formula won't work together. So you need to bind them or stabilize the mix. And then you want this to stay, uh, you know, for a long time. So you will add conservator. So when we talk about junk food, we talk really about making food as a formula. And there are criteria that tells you if your formula is good. And the food industry has uh, three main criteria in order to define if a formula is good. They look at the shelf life, meaning it has to last longer, the longest possible. They look at the food cost, so they want a very lower cost. That's why, for example, they end up using highly refined corn syrup because this was coming from an excess. They would grow uh, corn in America uh, to feed the livestock. Mm-hmm. And they add that on the side uh, where they would refine the, the corn. They add that uh, they, they realized that they could do uh, syrup. Okay. And so they add that high fructose uh, syrup made out of corn. So Very... everything without fiber, everything without nutrients. And a very cheap sweetener. Mm-hmm. And we have seen the same kind of thing with oil, where they, they go for highly uh, refined. And also that's why you have the, uh, the palm oil, oh, which yes. is used in a lot of cookies and things. And you can hydro- hydrogenate it. Or you mm-hmm. can also, the, it's like um, coconut oil, but cheaper in the sense that it will solidify when it's cold. And this helps for cookies and things like this. So... Basically, they, they look, again, shelf life, food costs. And the last criteria for the food industry, but very important, is it has to be addictive. Yes. And again, when you use refined ingredients, there is no flavor, there is nothing. So you need to enhance those flavor. So you will use flavorings, artificial flavorings. You will use MSG to bring some umami. 
-hmm. in the mix. And then in your mix, there, there are ratio, which most of the time are high ratio, but ratio of salt, sugar, and oil in order mm -hmm. to make sure that it's addictive. So Crazy. this is really food that has been designed in a lab. So in that sense, it's a lab food using refined ingredients and process in a way to kind of make a formula. So the fact that it's not um, exactly good uh, for you or it's not exactly... Um, you know, it, it won't really uh, be like a healthy food and it's not a surprise because all in all those criteria, your health and well-being are not there to be found. You're saying actually that food industry doesn't want us to be healthy. How can you say it's, that? <laughs> no, it's not that they don't. <clears throat> I think that's the mistake to say that they, they, they don't. They don't care. Yes, it's a bit course. different. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they want you sick. They just have other priorities and the priority is shelf life because mm -hmm. if there is a longer conservation, you can keep, you know, you don't have uh, dates where uh, you will have to throw it. Yes, yes. And there's not a lot of waste. Exactly. Lower cost so that it becomes super cheap. Why? Because you need to put all the money on marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. And addictive because if I sell one time, you eat two times. So meaning that the more addictive it is, the better. Well, this is the problem why people usually overeat in many countries, especially in US, USA. So the, the thing of junk food is that plant-based food can be processed this way and it's actually cheaper. Mm -hmm. And, and as you know, if you use animal-based produce, you may have uh, some issues in con conservation, uh, some bacteria, and so where yes. you have less actually with plant-based. Mm, less risk. So It's more hygienic. Yes, and, and actually more stable. And mm -hmm. you can really have super cheap ingredients. In a way, the food industry is uh, enjoying this vegan uh, trend like never again because <laughs> what did happen is that they were on market that were saturated with mm -hmm. a monopoly already uh, in place so any growth was very low like you would enjoy a two percent growth on that product and, and suddenly on the plant-based things they have like a, a three digit growth mm -hmm. so they completely become crazy and that's why they are all running into it now, some, they don't want to uh, shy too much or to, um, uh, that their clients are afraid. So what they do is that they will acquire small, pure player in plant-based. Okay. So Danone this, did this with Alpro. Okay. And, and that way, they have a specific brand which is only doing plant-based. So they, they, they are not, you know, but the, the idea is very simple behind suddenly the food industry that were had to push for advertising, vegans will promote their produce for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have crazy growth, which they never enjoyed in the past uh, 10, 15 years. So that's why the food industry is so crazy about plant-based because this is where the growth is. Now, if you look, what is happening is that 
we went from bio shop, organic grocery, small vegan cafe, like EP places almost, that were mm-hmm. the only ones where you could have a soy milk, rice milk, you know, uh, oat milk. And now we see the move to the supermarket, the chain exactly. restaurants, the drive-in and the delivery. And the thing is, it's for them like a, a new youth, if you will, and a new market. And, and they look cool. They are like, they say it's crazy. Like we were, uh, you know, the, 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 the bad guy. And suddenly we look like the good guy. It's too good <laughs> to be true. Like they have to pinch themselves. It's like <laughs> insane. Yes, yes. And, well, it's trendy. And, yes, and, and, and it's also related to a very big audience, which is not vegan people, mm-hmm. but which is way more so people with lactose intolerance. Right, yes. And then also meat eaters, flexitarian, vegetarian. So it's a lot of people. So the, this start was with the milk and dairy. And by the way, uh, you would think, oh, but milk, you cannot do highly processed food. Yes, you can. So there are milk where normally a milk and a plant-based milk, let's say if I do oat milk, even myself, you will have what? 15% of oats, water. You try to have a filtered good water and that's it. So it should Mm -hmm. be two ingredients. (laughs) And then you go in America and you see that some soy milk, they will have 12, uh, 20 ingredients. Unbelievable. And, Just for yes, milk. And exactly. And, and and that's where you see that actually you have hyper processed uh, even for milk. So and, and by the way, these you cannot cook with them, of course, because they will mm-hmm. react. There are so many components that if you want to cook with them, it won't work. So it just falls apart. Yeah. And it can do all kinds of stuff. So the, the thing which is very important is that. Yes, if you want to cook and use a milk and you prefer not to make your milk, so let's say whether rice milk, uh, oat milk or soy milk, then go for two or three ingredients max. So you would have the water, then the main ingredients, so whether it's the soybeans or oats or almonds, and then you have sea salt sometimes, and that's it. It should not have more those those three ingredients. Otherwise... This milk you will not be able to use for culinary purpose. Keep it simple. But in that case, then the milk uh, doesn't last uh, too long, which it also doesn't need to because it's you for your home use. Yes, but, but also if you buy it, then it will last longer because uh, they will still pasteurize it. Right. So this is something uh, actually different than we can explain as well, is that if you do something from scratch yourself, most likely you won't pasteurize. I mean, you do almond milk, you don't pasteurize, you do coconut milk, exactly. you don't pasteurize. So that's why it can stay only uh, three days in the fridge and close. And of course, what they do to enhance that shelf life is that they will pasteurize. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's not even e- enough. So when it's pasteurized, it will stay longer, but not forever. That's why also they go for other techniques. Uh, but the category of milk is like, okay, there are some exceptions with kind of Frankenstein milk, but it's not the worst. And by far, the worst is uh, dairy cream and things, cheese, because in cream, to get the right texture, you have to have binders and you will have to have a almost bulk-like thickener. 
So they yeah. will use some, sometimes it's starch, but sometimes they use other things. So coconut issue, oil is often used, I see, especially in cheeses. Yes. So in cheese, what they do is that actually a plant-based cheese. And, and that's why for me, when I say people, they don't want that to be called cheese. I agree on one point is when the plant-based cheese is actually not fermented. Mm -hmm. So what they do for plant-based cheese, which is really like a fake, is when they would use starch, they would use oil, and then they would use a nutritional yeast or something like this to yes. get the cheesy thing, but there is absolutely no uh, fermentation. Huh. And I'm fine. We were doing it. You can do yourself. Uh, you get a creamy texture, you get the taste, and you, you get, uh, you know, some kind of melting if uh, you use starch. Uh, cheese, which is uh, it's a replacement, can work as a sauce or something like this. But truth being said, this compare to a fermented cream that's not pasteurized, it's a world apart. <laughs> so when you have a fresh plant-based uh, cheese that's based on cashew, can be based on rice meal, can be based on different things, uh, of course, soy, I think there is still a difference. Like fermentation, you bring bacteria, it's a pre-digestion kind of thing. It will actually uh, enhance the conservation, but in a good way. And if it's not pasteurized, I still think that this has uh, some properties that are interesting. And I think where you are doing a cheese using starch and oil, you should better call it a sauce. <laughs> And it's a flavored sauce. It can be nice, but but I think we should uh, just be mindful that it's not because it's plant-based that suddenly it's that healthy. Of course. And when it's made by the industry, then you you don't use like, uh, you know, potato uh, starch or things like this. They would really go into the lab food and with a lot of ingredients to make it stable and to make it really look like uh, a melting cheese. And I think that's where we are really far from uh, food made from scratch. And I understand the logic and the convenience for the restaurants. Mm. But then it's clear we are looking for convenience and low cost for the food industry and convenience and low cost as well for the restaurants. So again, we see that the client or the consumer is not in the picture at any time. Because we want to offer him. And that's why I think on paper, I have nothing against burger. It's not my type of food, but I have nothing against it. But what is used to make cheap and mass produce burgers, even plant-based, is not the most interesting uh, of the food industry by far. Yes. Because in the categories of meat and fish, now you have to go one step further in your formula because now you want to mimic something which is really not in the plant-based world, hmm. which is the M, which will make like the bloody uh, kind of aspect of it. Yes, which so is completely manage... weird. <laughs> yes, but they managed to do this in labs. And, and, and then we are really into an additive. We don't know if that additive is harmful or not, but... The idea is really, we, we go really far from, uh, you know, we have a seasonal, local ingredients. And so that's where for me, if you have an interest into the culinary world, into 
developing a, a plant-based cuisine and things like this, these you should at least have some uh, critic and, and some um, step back. It's like uh, yes. uh, a Michelin star is not crazy about burgers. I mean, a conventional one. <laughs> yes. So why in plant-based we are? This is very, very strange for me. Who, who is it that is eating all of this uh, junk food? Who is the... I think, uh, I, I think there are two things. I think uh, indeed there are meat eaters, flexitarian and vegetarian. There are also vegan people when they are into animal liberation, but they are not interested in cuisine, which I understand. Yes. You, But then it for me... It's fine as soon as we call it what it is, which is junk food, and we don't say because it's plant-based and it's healthy, mm -hmm. which is not true. Another category which is developing a lot are the desserts, which was uh, behind uh, before in the plant-based because difficult to make. If you want to make the same, if you want to make different, it's, it's another story. But if you want to make look like Uh, traditional pastry, then it's very complicated because basically you were using milk and eggs, yeah. especially white eggs. So, And so the egg replacer is a big battle on the food industry and they they, they, they will get there eventually and, and it won't be uh, only uh, chickpea, water, aguafaba, it will be other things because they really want to mass produce it. It's mm -hmm. a big market and it's actually also the, the dessert industry overall is interest by those egg replacer because eggs, you know, have a lot of bacteria and a lot of issues. So, and it's not that stable and things. So the industry were already re re looking into replacing eggs. Even uh, the companies like uh, Just Egg, which is fascinating, they created practically an egg uh, to, to make an omelet. So using mung beans, uh, it looks like this could be the future for, at least for the eggs. Yes, and but for the eggs, you have the replacement of two. You have, as you just said, you have the yellow and you have the white. The white being more like chemical and high in protein is used in pastry. Yes. For certain things that you have really hard time to do without it. Talking about chantilly, talking about uh, meringue, talking about things like that, or a light mousse, mm -hmm. a chocolate mousse and things like this. So that is really a challenge for the industry and when they will manage to have a good uh, replacement for white eggs, even the conventional pastry will use it mm -hmm. because it's going to be cheaper. It's cheaper, simpler, yes. Exactly. But so you see as well that uh, this is coming, but again, let's not lie to ourselves. These things won't be healthy. And when you will have that egg replacer, which will have uh, 10 additives, as many as stabilizer mm -hmm. and few conservative in order to to make it sure that it doesn't stay this is dead food and this is this is a lab it's a completely chemical creation and and it's not uh, proven yet that you will uh, digest it that well mm -hmm. do we even have the enzymes i mean that's the big question exactly the enzyme and and also what we have seen is that The food industry, and now talking about the conventional one, make really food that lead people to become obese or to have diabetes too. So that over-processed food, which is very rich in salt, sugar, and oil, and flavoring, 
mm-hmm. and completely uh, send wrong message to your system. So I think you can't even digest them well. And you eat literally like a pig and you still want to eat because it, it's made to be addictive. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure if it's a very good news that it's coming uh, to the plant-based world. But what's true is that there is no future for junk food. It is now. It is happening. It's the biggest growth in plant-based world so far, just because of numbers. Mm-hmm. When you go from uh, your corner organic store and your EP vegan cafe, to a supermarket, chain restaurant, driving and delivery, you just multiply numbers. It's mm. exponential. So that growth is happening. There is no future of junk food. Junk food is there. Is it a good thing? I'm not sure. And I really think that if you have an interest in plant-based cuisine or into the culinary world, hopefully you will develop uh, food and cook from scratch in an interesting way. And I, I get that this can be a market, but it shouldn't be the only one. So you think soul food, whole food, organic food still has a chance in business? Uh, I hope so. Honestly, <laughs> uh, anytime you have a movement, you have a counter movement. That's true. Yes. So when they were GMO all over the place in California, the raw food started mm-hmm. as a reaction and a, fe- a reaction to the fear for that Frankenstein food. <laughs> so why not? I mean, and, and again, I think it's fine if people have this, but uh, at least for me, I want another food than junk food. That's mm-hmm. for sure. 